Yes, we gather Jesus in the thought of the empty tomb today. That Jesus that brings power to our lives, it brings life. God, it brings hope, it brings joy. God, today we pray as we worship you, will this church be full of joy, full of life, as we worship the living Jesus. And the church prayed because we believe. Amen. Amen. Come on, please grab a seat where you are. It is so good to see uh, you in church today. Happy Easter. Thank you very much. Turn to your neighbour and say, Happy Easter. I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. We've had a whopping weekend as a church. Check this out. Uh, yesterday we had uh, loads of people piling. Uh, we had uh, giant snakes, tarantulas, just all sorts of disgusting creatures and things. Then we had these little, little fluffy bunny rabbits and tortoises. It, that was gorgeous. And we had people come in and share in the joy of Easter. Isn't uh, Easter such a joy for everyone? I love it. It's so good. And it's good to see us in church today. Hey, I want to talk just for a few moments on uh, what we as a church really think about what Easter is. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Easter story. Perhaps at school, in the assembly, perhaps the teachers explained it. Or perhaps over the years you've stumbled into church once or twice and you've kind of picked up bits of the story. Uh, or for some of us, we're regular church goers and we know the story, but it's just a sense, isn't it, church, uh, to be refreshed and to be, uh, again, reminded of the significance of what joy and what hope awaits for us all. And I want to unpack that a little bit for me. My name's Elijah. Uh, my wife, uh, Jo, give Jo a little wave, everyone. Hey, Jo. Um, we lead at Teesside Vineyard uh, with an amazing team here. And uh, we love uh, Easter and, and Christmas and those moments of high points of celebration. Uh, I want to uh, I want to talk about bridges today. Bridges. You're probably thinking, what does what does a bridge have to do with Easter? Uh, just kind of go with it, please. Uh, what is a bridge? Well, a bridge helps span uh, the chasm uh, between point A and point B. Hands up if you've ever, adults included, ever been on a bridge, been over a bridge. I think most of us, a few of us, have done this really tricky thing of dodging bridges all our lives. I'm impressed. Uh, but a bridge. And uh, when we look at Teesside, we have some pretty iconic bridges, don't we? I mean, you look at the, the Tees flyover, come on. That, you know, it, it's almost as well known as the San Fran Bridge. Uh, and uh, what about this one? The Transport Bridge. We all know this one. Yes. Exactly, you've been on that. Uh, hands up if you've, if you've been on that on a school trip or as an adult driving across. Perhaps you've jumped off it uh, to raise money. A few of us brave souls have done that as well. A bridge, a bridge. We've all been on a bridge. Some of us on Instagram like to take pictures of bridges. Ooh, that's a particularly nice bridge. Or perhaps that bridge has fallen down. There's a famous song about that, isn't there? Um, but actually, uh, bridges are, are built to tr- take tremendous weight and pressure. Have you thought about that? All those lorries, all those cars, all those people, all those children crossing at one time. You think, how does it hold the pressure? A bridge. Bridges can be scary. I remember going over a bridge in Scotland once. I think, what do they call it? Is it the, uh, the, that's the one, exactly. And uh, it is, it is gigantous, isn't it? And you go over and it kind of wobbles backwards and forwards a little bit and you think, Lord, please save me. And you go over as you get a bit higher, as you peak the top, you think, wow. And suddenly, through the nerves and through the, the sheer, uh, just, just passion, you get to see the, this beautiful view. 
But actually, many of us think, I wouldn't like to go on a bridge. Uh, you know, heights scare me. But once we begin on this journey of a bridge and some of us get to the other side, we say to ourselves, yes, it was worth it. To get from point A to point B, I had to go on that bridge. This Easter, I want to suggest that the cross is a bridge and that we all have a bridge to cross. I'd like to say the cross is a bridge and we all have a bridge to cross. We go back to the start of time. I'm going to like, do a really quick like, whistle-stop tour. Adam and Eve, we know uh, from the gigantic serpent that was here yesterday, massive, that actually from the start of time, that man kind of fell out with God. We wanted to do our own thing. Uh, and, this, and the Bible calls this old-fashioned word of sin, which means that I want what I want. It doesn't matter what God wants or anybody else. And since the start of time, we've, we've kind of been through lots of different events and faiths and world religions. Man's been trying to make our way back to God. Think about that for a moment. It's true. Some people say, if I do enough good deeds, then one day when I get to heaven, God will be waiting for me. It'll be beautiful. Others say, if I just do enough prayers in a day, or if I eat a certain type of food, then God will be pleased with me. And it's almost like we begin, interestingly, as, as a human, to, uh, to kind of say, actually, if I do X, Y, and Z, then one day I'll have done just enough to live in heaven forever. It's very interesting. So as we whistle through the Bible, we kind of hear about these people who begin to follow God. Other people kind of don't follow God. And I think when you look at this church today, there's a whole bag of people, amazing, uh, beautiful people. Some follow God, some don't. Some kind of rest in the middle. For some of us, it's weddings and funerals, isn't it? That's when we, we go to church. For others, we, we follow the Lord daily. We read the Bible. We gather in small groups. We worship on a Sunday. I wonder where you fit in that picture in that story today. Ever since the start of time, we've all been trying to fill that God-sized chasm inside of us, whether that's uh, we run towards uh, an amazing career, or lots of children, or no children. Perhaps some of us try and get a, a really fast sports car, or the, the big house with a white fence, hoping in those moments that we find happiness and, and contentment. And those things are amazing, and I think God loves those things. But actually, some of these things take our eyes off the one who created us. So Easter is a real moment for us to think again about the cross being a bridge. That actually, there's a bit of a divide, isn't there, between the things that we've done. And boy, do we know we've done some things. You know, you need three young boys to realize that it's just in us. It's just in us. How do they know to take those sweets and to hide them? We haven't taught them that. How do the boys know that it's when they take something that's not theirs that actually it's wrong? Isn't it interesting how this stuff's just in us? And, and I'd guess, based on the numbers of people in this room, that all of us over the years have perhaps said things or done things uh, or just, just felt things come up with inside of us that sometimes we know ourselves just don't sit right. Perhaps we're a bit ashamed of. And then we come to Easter. Boom! This radiant beautiful display of God's glory where God says the cross is a bridge and I'm coming to you where actually there's no longer this divide between mankind and God but each of us in God's goodness has an opportunity to say God once again I want to be reunited and reconnected to you amen church so at Easter, we, we hear about this story. I want to unpack it in a moment in, in Romans. In, in, you know, St. Paul in the Bible talks to us about some of these things I've, I've just highlighted. 
But really, Easter is a moment where we look at the, the, a tomb that is, it's got Jesus' body in. And then in, uh, in the Bible, uh, it, it describes how there's over 500 eyewitnesses. 500. Think about that number. 500. That's probably this number times five. That's a lot of bodies who say that we see Jesus, the living Lord, after he was crucified. That is like a mind-blowing thing to think about. Because Jesus said some pretty massive things about his life, didn't he? I want to go into them in just a moment. But in 1 Corinthians, we unpack this idea of 500 people seeing Jesus after he's been crucified. Walking around, talking, sharing with people. And we believe as a church, passionately, and this is where our hope comes from, that Jesus died but he rose again. And Good Friday is a moment to remember in Holy Week that Jesus was crucified. But as a church we say, Sunday is coming! Because actually Jesus, he rises again. And when he rises again, it says this about your life and mine. That I, God, that I've reconnected with you. Which means that you and I can be in relationship. It means that actually all of the stuff that you've done wrong in your life is suddenly power washed like a big jet hose. And we're made clean and whole and right. That's why I love Easter. I get a bit excited. Some people say I'm enthusiastic. I just get excited by this stuff. So Jesus was a good man. He was a good, good man. And he said some big things about himself. Check out what Romans 3 says. And I've been talking about some of this stuff. But it says everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory, uh, of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Yeah, it's a great moment to clap. It really is. I'm grateful. Are you grateful? Perhaps you're in church today for the first time thinking, what the heck is he talking about? I want to unpack it a bit more for us. But for some of us, we've realized that actually we had the house. We had the the family. We had the the dream. We had the, the luxury. We had the whatever else, fill in the blank. But there was still something in us that said there must be more to life. You ever ask yourself that question? What's the meaning of life? Is there something more? And at Easter, we find the answer. So Romans talks about how all of us have fallen short. The good news is there's a, there's a way out. I love the quick answer. There's a quick answer that means Jesus came for us and for you and I. And some of us in church today are thinking, how can I be made right with God? And, and really, it's not about attending church. It's not about putting a few quid in a, in a, in a donation bucket here and there. It's, it's not about perhaps necessarily just, just being a good person, although that's an amazing accomplishment. It's not about those things. The Bible says in verse 21, for people are made right, and this is it, this is literally it, this is the take home today, when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. What? That's it? That's the answer to the universe? That's the piece of the puzzle I've been looking for? Yes, that's it right there. That's just the answer. When we recognize that Jesus is who he said he was, that actually the answer to life is found in him. Why? Because he died, but he he rose again. And some of us, we we like to unpack the story some more. And some people say, but but why don't they just just prove that he died? And, and, And game over, end of the story. I wonder why. 
why wouldn't the Romans and the soldiers just say, here's his body. It's proof he's dead. Get over it, Christians. He's not around. Why over the years, and there's a room full of people, 2,000 years on, who would say that Jesus Christ is real, that he's changed my life, that he has impacted my world forever. How incredible. How incredible. So the cross acts as a bridge between us and God, and we all have a bridge to cross. If you cross the bridge today, and this isn't a, a question for your neighbor, this is just for you alone. This is just something that you have to tackle, that you have to answer. This isn't a crowd conversation. Have you crossed the bridge? There's such power in the cross. I was uh, a week or so ago, I was in Rwanda, and I shared this story with some of us, but I was really impacted by Rwanda, really profoundly impacted. Uh, Some of us have been uh, alive when uh, there was a genocide in Rwanda, and uh, just this conflict, and a million people died in a hundred days. Any mathematicians around, what's that on a daily basis? Anyone know that? A quick Google. That's that's a big number of people a day. And this is the tragedy of the story. The government was so divisive between these two groups of people that they said, hey, one group of people, you're superior now to that other group of people. And you have our permission and our blessing, check that out, our blessing to pick up arms, to pick up whatever you can find, go across to your neighbour and end their life. And half the country did it. That is millions of people suddenly just at war with each other. Neighbours who've been getting on for years and years, suddenly one of them is running another one, just ending his life. Fathers, as as the stories were recounted, fathers turning on children and wives. Pastors turning on churches. Like literally, it doesn't even make sense. And then here's what I love about the story. I was with a bishop, and the bishop said, hey, as a local church in the last 15, 20 years, we've been commissioned by the government uh, to work in reconciliation because the government have recognized, and so have the Muslim population in the country, they've recognized that they don't have the tools to, to bring healing and reconciliation. Only the local church, through the power of Jesus Christ, can do that. I was like, wow, that, that is, that's huge. Uh, so this bishop, he said his, his three brothers w- were killed, his mum and his dad, his, his aunts, his cousins, his whole family was wiped out. And he's been face to face for 15 years working with the perpetrators, locking eyes with these people who took arms, saying you're forgiven. That there's reconciliation through the power of Jesus' blood. I was really, really impacted by that. The cross is a bridge, and we all have a bridge to cross. Tell me, friend, have you crossed the bridge yet? There's such power in the name of Jesus. That one drop is enough to reconcile you to your creator. And also to the ones that he's created. Each and every one of us in this room today. What amazing news we have. And that's why today we're baptizing Nathan. Let's have a cheer for Nathan. Come on. And we're going to just hear from Nathan's story. And really some of the, the, the things that he just, just attests to. And the goodness of Jesus Christ. I listened this week to his story. I was deeply impacted by how Jesus has clearly had his life. And how Jesus has moved in his life. And I want to invite each of us just to to listen and perhaps ask questions later on as well. If something just pops up, ask someone a question. Hey, what he said was really interesting. I'd love to work out and know more. And finally, Romans uh, 3.22 says this. We are made right with God by placing our faith 
in Jesus Christ. As this is for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. That's right, no matter who we are. No matter what you've done, what you've said, where you've been, it's for everyone. Wow. What about you today? As we hear from Nathan's story, I want to give an invitation for for those in this room today who perhaps haven't crossed that bridge, but are knowing that Jesus is real and want to make a, a walk towards him today. We want to give you as a church an opportunity to respond and to say, yes, today, I want to put my hope, my life, my faith in Jesus Christ. I promise you, from a room full of people, it's the best decision you can ever make. It really is. It doesn't make life easier, but what it means following Jesus is this, that there's a hope and there's a future, that actually through it all, that our confidence can be put in someone who's conquered death and who sits with God. Would you pray for a moment? And we're going to worship as we get ready to prepare the pool. And then we're going to dunk Nathan. And we're going to see the angels say hallelujah, amen. And uh, we're going to celebrate. But Jesus, we thank you for Easter. We thank you for your life. Jesus, we thank you that you died and that you rose again. We thank you that when you rose again, you chose us. And you make us perfect in your sight. And Jesus, I ask today in this building that you would allow us to be confident and bold, that those who haven't said yes to you, those who don't follow you, that Jesus today, you would make our hearts beat a bit faster, that Lord, we would know your calling in your voice. You are the good shepherd. You have great things for us. And Lord, I pray for miracles in this house today. And Lord, on Easter, we want to bring to you as well, as well as our celebration, we want to bring to you just the things that we're carrying the things that are unspoken, the heaviness, the things that weigh us down. And Jesus, today, we have an opportunity to fresh to put this at your cross and to say, Jesus' blood is enough. It's enough. And I'll leave it there. I walk away from this moment clean, confident, joyful, because God, that's what you deposit in our lives. Father, we're so grateful for what the empty cross means for each and every one in this room, but also Tees Valley and also the world. Lord, our prayer as a church is that this year we'd see many people come to know you, to put their faith and their hope in you. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. And as a church, we proclaim. Amen.